Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi everyone, I'm David Garrido. Welcome along to this La Liga Lowdown mini-pod with Redis Sakhanov and broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America. A pivotal match day 37 unfolded on Sunday evening in Spain's top division. All 10 games taking place at exactly the same time. What a novel idea. We start with the race for fourth place. Only three teams in it. It was Hetafe who started the day in possession of that final Champions League spot. But they went to Barcelona who crashed out of the Champions League to Liverpool five days before. And Hetafe actually had a goal ruled out by the for offside before a freshly shaven Lionel Messi created the opener for Barca. His free kick flick goal was by Gerard Piquet. Arturo Vidal was the quickest to react to David Soria's save for 1-0. And then just for full time, uh, Hedafe hit the post through a Jorge Molina header but at the other end, Messi combined with Sergio Roberto and uh, Hedafe defender Gené lobbed his own keeper for 2-0. Uh, Roman de Arquer is our man in Barcelona. Hi there, Roman. So, given the chances they had, did this go down as a missed opportunity for Hedafe? Hi, David. Well, definitely it does go down as a missed opportunity I mean they were playing against a wounded Barcelona who had suffered a lot against Liverpool their motivation was certainly uh, not great and they had nothing to play for so I mean Getafe had a good chance of, of getting past Barcelona making it a win but unfortunately it couldn't happen No and it's four points out of their last four games not the ideal time in the season uh, for that to happen so why has it happened? Well, it has to be said, it's been a very long season and it's extremely hard to be regular in such a difficult league. And during these games, I mean, there's there's players that are missing, there's sanctioned guys such as Jaime Mata, and also, unfortunately, they had to play against Barca and Madrid in the last few games. They weren't fighting for anything, but still, it's really tough to defeat these strong teams. Now, how do you rate their chances of finishing fourth? Because they host Villarreal and Valencia head to Badolid and Hedafe have to better whatever Valencia do. Well, I was actually reading the probabilities each team has, and Valencia has a 62.9% chance of making it through. So the Champions League, Getafe at 33.3 and Sevilla 3.7. And I think that's really um, quite reliable because Valencia are going to play a Valladolid who isn't fighting for anything, and the win is almost certain for them. So it's going to be almost impossible for Getafe to make it. Uh, did it surprise you, uh, Roman, that the Barcelona were that below par on Sunday after the Liverpool result, of course, and in front of a relatively low crowd at the camp now? Uh, not at all, to be honest. I actually thought it would be worse, and I actually thought Getafe were going to win because I mean Barca aren't in the mood, and it wasn't a good moment for them to to play a game. And as Bordalas said at the end of the game, uh, you need to score the chances you get, and unfortunately Getafe didn't do that, so it gave Barca the opportunity of winning. Now, what about the futures of two figures? Felipe Coutinho and the manager at Barcelona, Ernesto Valverde. 
Well, I mean, Coutinho has underperformed for the price he cost the club. So, I mean, if a good offer comes in for him, I'm quite sure he'll be leaving this summer. Whereas Valverde, it's probably the same path because two um, Champions League defeats, 3-0 against Roma, 4-0 against Liverpool. I mean, he's won titles, but the fans just can't tolerate more of that. So, with Getafe stepping up, could Valencia take advantage? They're at home to Alaves. They actually went behind at Mestalla to Shimon Navarro's header, but they were level before the half hour through Carlos Soler. Moments later, they were ahead. Uh, Dani Parejo with the corner, Santimina with the header, and then Kevin Gamero sealed the win in the second half with another header. So Valencia now fourth, level on points with Hetafe after this 3-1 win, but with a superior head-to-head record to Los Azulones. Paco Polite is our man in Valencia. He was at Mestalla. Hi there, Paco. So uh, how impressive was this response after the pain of Thursday's defeat to Arsenal in the Europa League? Very impressive, especially after being one nil down in the first few minutes. Valencia looked sharp, they looked good, but again, not having Aubameyang and Lacazette on the opposite team is quite easier to handle. Yeah, that's fair to say. Um, Kevin Gamedo is on a good run of form at the moment. Came on as a sub, scored after his two goals against Arsenal, so three and two for him. So how do you pick between him and Santimina, who also scored, to partner Rodrigo? It really depends on the kind of defense they are facing. Gamedo definitely has a bigger IQ when trying to poke holes at the opposition, while Santimina is more like a sledgehammer, randomly hitting on and pestering them until he makes them fall. Two styles, two choices for their coach Marcelino García Toral. Uh, and talking of Marcelino, he made a point of this being their 59th game of the season. Uh, how did the energy levels look out there, Paco? Uh, he was actually sort of crying when he made that statement, you know, defending his team and making a point of just how demanding the season has been to date. But they look good, good enough to win next week against Valladolid. Yeah, I was going to say, so when they head to the Jose Sorrilla, I'm guessing you expect Valencia to win. Um, Getafe at home to Villarreal. Um, so Valencia to finish fourth or any chance both Valencia and Getafe losing and Sevilla nipping in? I think Valencia have fought too hard and too long to snatch that fourth place and that they won't give it away that easily in the last game. And too bad for Getafe, by the way. They choked on key games, even though they only had one match per week. And obviously no Sevilla surprise either. Uh, just quickly on Alaves, uh, one of their players of the season has been uh, Guillermo Maripan, but it appears that he was heading to the Premier League. Um, how much of a blow would it be to lose him? Well, Alaves will have an interesting task this summer. Maripan seems a goner and his power at the centre of the defence and his consistency make him a perfect fit for the Premier League if he recovers from his injury and also he plays Copa America with Chile. Uh, also pay attention to Abelardo's future, which is also on the line. Alaves haven't won a single game in the last nine. Well, Sevilla are also still just about in the race to finish fourth, courtesy of a point away to Atletico Madrid as it finished 1-1 at the Wanda Metropolitano. Cocker's deflected strike off Simon Kjar and past Thomas Vatslik gave Atleti the lead in the first half. Sevilla equalised through Pablo Sarabia's guided volley from across from Elmo Vasquez uh, with a slight deflection off Montero. But of course, the big story as far as Los Colchoneros were concerned was that it was Diego Godin's final home appearance. Let's chat with Ewan McTeer in Madrid. Um, hi there, Ewan. Let's start off with Godin then. He leaves after nine seasons uh, and eight trophies. What will Atleti lose both on the pitch and in the dressing room then? Well, they're losing the best centre-back of the past decade of the teenies, um, but also leader. That's important, I think, as well, considering Gabby and Fernando Torres just left last year and considering Felipe Luiz and Juan Fran might not be Atletico either next year. 
you know, you hear a lot of good defenders being linked with Atletico in the summer, but you can't just play Frankenstein and hope it all comes together. You need the right personalities, and Godin was that. Do you think this might have a bit of an effect on Antoine Griezmann and his future? I mean, could he also follow suit? Yeah, maybe in the long term. I mean, let's not forget, Godin was a, a major factor in convincing him to stay last year, even going round to his house when Griezmann was upset at the fans' reaction after a game, and Griezmann arrived at the game this weekend wearing a Godin shirt and with his Matty as well. So there's certainly less reason for Griezmann to stay now, but I think he will be there for next season. Uh, and what about Sevilla? I mean, how much did they miss Ever Banega in this game in particular? A lot. Uh, I've said this before, but he's probably their most important player. A bit like Godin in the sense that he's got all the talent, but it's his intensity and his drive that, that really leads Sevilla forward and makes them tick. OK, um, in terms of uh, their season, well, they lost the Spanish Supercopa. They made the Copa del Rey quarterfinals, last 16 of the Europa League, played 62 games it will have been in total, appointed Pablo Machín uh, and then replaced him with Joaquín Caparrós. How do you assess that, Ewan? Yeah, it's been a proper marathon and there's been good moments and bad moments, uh, hills and flat, energy and exhaustion, uh, support from the fans at points and also moments of isolation. It's, it's really had everything and... And like if I were to run the marathon tomorrow, it ends with Sevilla nowhere near the winners. They've they've been bang average, to be honest. It's it's been probably par for the course. You know they've not been terrible. But they've never been that great, and they'll probably finish in each competition where they deserve to finish. Uh, so with that in mind, uh, how much transfer activity do you expect there to be at the Sanchez Pizjuan this summer, especially with with Monchi back, of course, at the club? Yeah, of course, uh, quite a lot. I think. I mean, this Sevilla squad is a bit of a mess. You've got Andre Silva and Munir only on loan deals. You've got signings from last summer like Alex Vidal and Joris Gagnon who haven't worked out and it'll be difficult to move on and you've got players built for sort of one style of football, the Machine style and then players who are better suited in another style, the pre-Machine style and maybe the post Machine style. It's really all a bit of a mess. Okay, well, this was our chosen game on Partiaso Predictions. Alex Johnson got her final score forecast spot on. She adds three points to her tally, but no one else does, which means the overall standings are as follows Paco Crown champion on 30 points, Roman stays on 18, Ewan is on 17, myself and Alex on 16 points each. It's very exciting. Now, Athletic Club won. We'll discuss that a bit later on, but so did Basque rivals Real Sociedad by three goals to one at home to Real Madrid. They came from behind to do it. Brahim Diaz scored an excellent solo goal to put Madrid one up. Beautifully worked team move from La Real was finished off by Mikel Merino for 1-1. Then Madrid had Jesus Vallejo sent off and although Mikel Oyarzabal missed a penalty, the home side made that advantage count in the second half. Jose Vazaldua outjumped Marcelo. Thibaut Courtois slipped as the ball flew past him for 2-1. Oyarzabal hit the post and Ander Barrenechea followed up for 3-1. Let's speak to Alex Johnson who is our lady covering the north of Spain for La Liga Lowdown. Hi there Alex, we've got to talk about Brahim Diaz's goal. Uh, What impressed you about him in the game before he went off on 65 minutes and just in general well I think he's definitely blossomed under the playing time that he's been given by Sudan he wasn't given as much during under Solari uh, and he's a very quick and very talented player who shows an attitude and, and this confidence that the Real Madrid fans really wants to see in their players and then the way he moves he's just so unpredictable and what about the other side of things with Gareth Bale uh, he wasn't even named in the match day squad uh, how much do you fear for his future at the Bernabeu Alex 
Well, I wouldn't say it looks that bright. So apparently Bale's agent went on record and pretty much said that Zidane doesn't want Bale there, that Bale is one of the best players in the world, but Zidane doesn't agree on that. Um, and the talk is that the reason Bale was left out on Sunday was so Zidane could show who's the boss, basically. Um, I think Bale wants to stay, but Zidane clearly have a lot more faith in other players like Isco, for example, and doesn't value Bale in the same way. Uh, so in that sense, I, f- I think we won't see much of him more uh, at the club. Okay, um, what about La Real? Um, Ander Baranechea impressed again. Uh, how bright does his future look at Anueta? Well, I think it definitely looks a lot brighter than Bale's at Real Madrid. Um, <laughs> it, it's a club that we all know trust the, the youth that up and, and trust their youth players in a way where they see them as the most important players at the club, basically. Uh, so in that sense, he is just the right club for, for being a, such a talented player. And I would say that he's one of the most promising that they have at the moment. He's now the youngest ever, I think, to score against Real Madrid in La Liga at just 17. He's quite small, but when you watch him on the pitch, he's not really afraid. He's He's almost a little bit cocky, you could almost say. But then outside of the pitch, he got that really humble side. I think it was after the match against Huatafe where, where he was seen taking a public bike home because he's still underage and, and doesn't have a driver's license. So yeah, the future for him definitely looks bright. So look, we've got the situation now. Seventh place Athletic Club go to sixth place Sevilla next weekend. But eighth place Real Sociedad the way to ninth place Espanyol, who are on the same points. So... Athletic lose, whoever wins out of La Real and Los Periquitos finishes seventh because of head-to-head record against Athletic. So complicated, but, but how do you see it panning out? It could become dramatic, but to be honest, I think the Athletic have been looking very, very strong lately. While Sevilla have had a, a quite rough patch where they have had difficulties uh, living up to the standards that I think most of us expect from them. So in that sense, uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Athletic takes points uh, away to Sevilla. So for me, I think they are still going to keep that seven spots. Okay, well, that's it for part one of this Ali Lowdown mini pods. In part two, we will focus very sharply on the scrap to avoid the drop. See you shortly. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to this La Liga Lowdown mini pod with Reddit Sakano, broadcast on Sirius XMSC 157 in North America. So we've discussed the European picture, but now it is time to talk relegation. And it's still not quite settled yet. Uh, Girona are virtually down. Not mathematically, though, having let slip a 1-0 lead to lose 2-1 at home to Levante. It was uh, Christian Stuani, who else, who gave them the lead uh, after Chocolosano's shot was spilled by Levante keeper Aitor Fernandez. But barely a minute later, José Luis Morales with a header from a pinpoint cross from Pedro López, who'd come on as an early replacement for Tonio. And then the key moment, Coque sent off for bringing down Pere Pons, Girona penalty given, but then both of those decisions reversed by VAR. And with four minutes to go, José Campaña then slid the ball into Enis Bardi, who fired home the winner for the visitors. Let's check back in with Roman Darquette to discuss this game. Um, Roman, what did you make of that rescinded red card for Levante and the penalty taken away from Girona? Well, it's such a tough call with all that's in play for both teams. I mean, the referees have a lot of pressure, but I, I think they made the correct decision. I mean, they have the VAR, they were checking all the replays, there's quite a few referees talking between each other. I wouldn't have given a penalty. Okay, so what this means is that next weekend, uh, Girona have to win our way to Alaves and they have to hope that Celta lose as well. Celta playing Rayo at home and have a six-goal swing in the process. It's over, isn't it? Well, you just have to see the reaction of the players on the field after the game. The squad was in tears. Also, Granella and Eusebio, they came out, they spoke to the press. They kept saying sorry, sorry for failing the fans, sorry for failing the club. I mean, it's obvious that they don't really believe anything can happen. Realistically, I think it's over, yeah. Does Eusebio go? Because it's um, eight defeats in nine games to Girona. They've only scored five goals in that time. Yeah, he's going to go for sure. I mean, the press conference felt like a goodbye. I just don't think the fans are going to want him to continue after that. It's it's a tough blow. It's true that Girona are a team fighting to not get relegated. But still, I think they're going to want fresher manager and new players, etc. On the other hand, Levante are safe. Now, Jose Luis Morales is always such a focal point, especially because he's the captain. But who else amongst the Levante players has really impressed you and been pivotal in keeping them in La Liga? I'm going to point out two players. First of all, Campaña. I think he took charge in that midfield when it was really important. He gave a crucial assist for the winner against Girona. And he's also scored really important goals in the last few games. Also, Aitor Fernandez, the goalkeeper, they were having doubts. They changed the goalkeeper a few times for Levante, but at the last part of the season, he's been the main one. And I think he's done a pretty good job. Now, Rabadolid managed to secure their own safety after they beat already relegated Rabaicano 2-1 at Vallecas. Abdullah Bar gave away a penalty and has now converted it superbly to give La Pucela an early lead. But the equaliser came on 73 minutes. A beautiful cross from Alvaro Garcia, a header from Alvaro Medran. Uh, still, one of Valladolid's winter transfer window signings, Sergio Guardiola, uh, showed good strength after being played on side by Bar fired past the Rayo keeper Solid Dimitrovsky with Bar on the floor and that was that a win which keeps Valladolid in Spain's top division um, let's speak to you and McTeer once again um, you and a huge win this for Valladolid to keep them up um, both strikers Enesunal and Sergio Guardiola delivered today uh, are they the standout players in this squad or are there others who deserve praise? Those two have been really important but I would also point out the, the centre-backs Ivo Olivas and Fernando Calero both of them have played over 3,000 minutes 
and they've been so important in helping Vidalid come up with what is the 10th best defensive record in the division. That, more than the goals, is what I think has kept him up. And then also Waldo, the winger, and who's been awesome down the stretch, not least with that winner he scored against Athletic Club. He started the past four matches, and along with that is the fact that they've started to use their wingers as, well, actual wingers before they were playing some sort of a 4-2-3-1 formation but basically since the Hitafi draw in round 32 they've played a 4-4-2 have got the ball wide and have had two up top with Unal and Guardiola both playing together that's what's changed and that's what's worked so, so what can Baldelli take from this whole experience they've come so close to going down but ultimately they've survived they can take the fact that they belong in La Liga they're the only one of the three promoted sides not to go down even though they were the ones who came up through the playoffs they actually only finished fifth last year in the second division but they've established themselves now and now they'll have a first off season since Ronaldo took over last September so expect them to grow and grow now that they've overcome this first hurdle which might actually be the biggest one Quick word on Rayo, because a little bit of intrigue here. Their final game is away to Celta Vigo. So do you expect them to, to go gung-ho in typical Paco Jemez style? And, and is that a concern to Celta at all? Because, of course, relegation isn't fully decided yet. I think it's more of a concern to Rayo, to be honest. I do expect them to really go for it. They've got nothing to lose. And they're the kind of team that does like to attack anyway. For Celta, I mean, they need to avoid a six-goal goal-different swing and although they lost 4-2 in a really exciting game to Rayo early in the season, I just don't think Rayo are going to turn up and be that impressive. If there is a six-goal swing in anyone's goal difference, it's probably going to be a negative one for Rayo. One team who are not quite safe yet are Celta Vigo, uh, despite their recent decent home form, away has been more complicated. They lost 3-1 at Athletic Club, uh, Iker Muniain earning a penalty which Raul Garcia scored for the opener. Uh, he also scored the second after Iñaki Williams and Muniain combined. The third uh, was as a result of Celta keeper uh, Ruben Blanco's clearance being charged down by Williams. He side-footed into an empty net. Uh, Iago Aspas scored a Penenka penalty uh, for a consolation for Celta. Uh, let's check back in with Alex Johnson. Uh, Alex, were Athletic that good? Were Celta that bad? Well, I think it was a little bit of a mix of the two. It was a really bad match from Celta and it felt like as soon as Athletic scored that first goal, they completely collapsed and couldn't get up again. Uh, they basically didn't have any midfield and did very, very easy mistakes. And I think you could very easily see what of the two teams are fighting for Europe and what team is fighting to stay up in the Liga. Let's talk a little bit about mentality because, I mean, Celta are obviously close to being safe. They need to just get a draw against Rayo. Is that a danger because they don't need to go for the win? Well, I think it was a real scare for them at, at San Mamés and I don't think they will think that way that we only need a draw. Rather, they will think that we needed to take points, so it's now or never. Uh, and the way they've been at home is very different from how they've been away with the fans as well. And I think the fans are going to be just as they've been in the previous four home matches and they won't let the players forget what they are playing for. So I think they will be extremely motivated in that match. OK, as for Athletic, uh, during the week we heard Marquez Susaeta is leaving, also Ander Iturraspe and Miguel Rico. But on Susaeta in particular, um, especially as a captain, how significant a figure has he been in Athletic's recent history? Well, he's been a constant at Athletic. Maybe not one of the players that is spoken about the most, but he's definitely been a key and a very influenced player at the club for many, many years. And even though a few of the last years might not have been the best in his career, if you look at the overall Athletic career, he's, he's definitely made a mark. There's few players who played as many matches as him for the club or represented the club in the way he's done it. And what about Aritz Aduriz? Because Garcia Garitano says he's hoping to convince him to stay. Uh, but does that really tell us how badly Athletic actually need a striker? 
Well, Adurez is a legend at this club and I think he means a lot for a team outside of the pitch as well. So I do really think that Athletic definitely needs a striker, but I'm not convinced if that is the main reason to why Garitano wants to keep Adurez around. To be honest, he's barely played this season, but his presence and his experience, I think, are the things and key reasons to why Garitano wants to keep him in the squad. Well, let's turn to Villarreal's game at home to Eibar, which the Yellow Submarine won by a goal to nil. They had so many chances, but the goal eventually came as Pablo Fornas fed Jaume Costa on the overlap. His deflected centre was latched onto by Carl Tokwekambi just to nip home. Uh, back to Bakboli to tell us about this game. Um, Bako, did this game in, in some way reflect Villarreal's season as a whole? Lots of chances, couldn't take advantage, but in the end they just about got away with it to stay up. Yeah, well, a very close one once again. Uh, and I guess it can be a fitting summary of a year which ended well for them, but which has been very disappointing overall and asks for quite a fair bit of analysis next summer. Now, how important has uh, Kartoko Kambi been to this team? Huge, absolutely huge. His evolution this season went from a forward with good moves but no scoring ability whatsoever to one of the most reliable individuals in the squad. And his final stretch of the season has been very, very impressive. What about Javi Calleja, though? Uh, has he done enough to keep his job second time around simply by keeping Villarreal up? Well, I guess he has, but many things have to change. Remember, Villarreal had built a squad to fight for European spots and they just barely saved themselves. Um, both the manager and the players need to up their game next season or they will be out sooner than later. And what about this campaign for, for Eibar? They stay clear relegation relatively comfortably. Uh, how do you judge it, Paco? Well, every season remaining is a big win for Eibar, uh, obviously. Mendilibar keeps consistency and performance every single year, and that is what allows Eibar to be one of the highlights since they got promoted in 2014. And also super important that Mendilibar keeps that continuity and also that players such as Sergi Enrique are able to establish themselves as reliable in upcoming seasons. Okay, let's recap the remaining two games on match day 37 in La Liga. Espanyol still in with a chance of finishing seventh. The Borja Iglesias scored another double, and again the second was from the penalty spot as they won 2-0 at Leganés, who had Unai Bustinza sent off for two yellow cards at the end of the first half. And goal of the weekend came at the Benito Villamarín, where Rabetis beat Huesca 2-1 in the eighth minute of stoppage time. Joaquín thumping home the winner from all of 30 yards out. He had scored a headed opener with Juan Piañor equalising in between from a VAR awarded penalty. A Huesca also had Jorge Pulido sent off for the second time in as many matches. Here's the table then after 37 games. Barcelona top on 86 points. Atletico confirmed as second on 75. Real Madrid confirmed as third on 68. And then Valencia up to fourth on 58 points. Getafe fifth on the same points tally and Sevilla sixth on 56 points. At the sharp end, Huesca stay bottom on 30 points. Then Rayo Vallecano second bottom on 31. Girona stay in that final relegation spot on 37 points. Celta Vigo still not mathematically safe on 40. Uh, all safe are Real Valladolid 41. Likewise, Levante and Villarreal on 43. Well, that's just about it. Don't forget to keep across our Twitter feed, which is at La Liga Lowdown. Feel free to give us a five-star rating and leave some nice comments on this podcast too. That's your La Liga Lowdown. See you next time. This was a Radio Stakhanov production. 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.